0: You're listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio, inspiring ideas, inspiring families. Hello, and welcome to Family Rules, the podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Walker, and I'm so grateful you would take time out of your busy life. To jump into our conversation today, I think you'll be glad that you did. Today's topic on the table is one every family can relate to, especially coming out of and off of a year like 2020, when we all had, like it or not, a front row seat to an emergency, a global pandemic. And today's topic taps into that, but we'll take the positive spin on how we can prepare our family for life's emergencies. Here's the thing. It'll be a unique spin, though. I can promise you that we're looking at this through a slightly different lens. That is, is there a way to take the overwhelm out of family preparedness? You're about to hear my conversation with a woman who I've come to love and admire. I've actually never even met her in person, but I kind of want to go to lunch and be her best girlfriend. Jill Meredith and her husband, Brandon, are the parents of five children ranging in age from four to 14. And it's hard to summarize their story in a short, succinct way because they've been through so much. I'll give it my best shot. In 2012, their neighborhood in Saratoga Springs, Utah, was hit with a wildfire. Houses nestled right up against the mountain were dangerously threatened by the burning flames. As a result... Subsequently, several months later, the burn scar with stripped vegetation gave way to a mudslide. Mud poured into not the Meredith's home, thankfully, but in their neighboring homes. The mud rerouted just around their backyard, but their neighbors' homes devastated by this resulting mudslide. Then, of course, there was 2020. In their state of Utah, two earthquakes hit early in the year, and that was followed by the coronavirus pandemic, which we all experienced with a front row view, emergency, better prepared them for the next. They have a sense of calm and peace in their home when it comes to this idea of home and family preparedness. And I'll tell you, Jill's philosophy is a unique one. She breaks it down for the busy mom brain in a way that is understandable, approachable, and I think you'll find really refreshing. Listen as she shares three things you can do today to help your family be more prepared for the emergency like the ones they've faced over the last many years. Jill, Meredith, I've learned so much from you and I kind of just want to be your best friend. <laughs> I kind of want to be I, your friend. I would love it. <laughs> you know, I'm like that kid in it,
1: like watching a. every time you try, I turn on the TV and I see you. I just like light up like I would
0: Aww. love to hang out with Brooke. that's how I feel. We were just chatting <laughs> chatting chatting before the the podcast recording began and I'm I'm seeing my audio guy like tap his toes through the screen like any day ladies <laughs> any day so one day you and I are just going to have to go to lunch. Yeah. And, yes. And break beyond <laughs> the emergency preparedness topic though I'm so grateful that you're joining us today. What was it like for your family to be featured? I have to say, when your family's story kind of landed across our desks here at BYU TV and radio, it was a little stunning because I, I've never met a family that has been through not one, not two, but now four, by definition, four life emergencies that have forced you to this place of preparedness. What was it like to share your family's story through the Family Rules platform? Um,
1: Amazing, right? I mean... Such an amazing experience, such an amazing crew. I think that was my favorite part was the crew and everything. But for me, it has always been, I feel like we're given experiences to be able to one, grow ourselves, one, adapt and change and learn from them. But to be able to share that with others so that maybe it could help them in their own lives um, was the biggest thing for me. Because I think there's a new, fresh way to do things. I think we don't need to complicate it. I feel like before I used to complicate it. I used to be this scarce mentality, like scared of everything, you know, frightened. And I felt like I was the only one doing it Mm -hmm. because I felt that fear. Mm -hmm. Right. And I quickly learned that it needed to, I needed to incorporate everybody in, you know, knowing what's going on.
0: Well, because so. fear is isolating, right? I mean, and there is great fear that comes from these topics as we consider what would it be like for my family to, fill in the blank, experience a fire or experience an earthquake. And some people have have been through that and others just dread it, right? But that fear can take hold and it does feel isolating and it feels so overwhelming. And I know you hear that all the time, but I think that's why your story resonated in such a refreshing way is you have this, I don't want to say lighthearted because you've been there. I mean, you've lived it, but you bring a levity to the topic of emergency preparedness. Do we make it too hard?
1: Yes, completely. I made it Way too hard, way too complicated. And I think why it was complicated was because it wasn't a part of my everyday. And it wasn't topics that I necessarily we sit around the table wanting to talk about, right? Yeah. Especially having some small kids. It was this like other world of like what our parents have always told us, be prepared. Right. You know, get the wheat, get the lentils, whatever it is. Get
0: those beans we don't know how to make or eat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And buy this kit or have this kit given to you. And then when you actually have to. use the kit, I think that's when it changed my mind completely. When you actually had to grab the backpacks, open them up. Yep. And live that experience. So something I would, I think a lot of times is looking back on it, I wish I would have played out different scenarios in my mind and then backtrack to know what would be the best approach for my family and how could I implement those, you know, in those simple conversations Yeah, instead of making it this scared thing and then we do nothing because I think things can be so overwhelming that it gets us to not
0: act yes. at all. Well, and I so. love that that urge, that that encouragement to communicate, because a lot of times you look at the lists, right? You download these checklists from your state website or wherever you happen to, reso- yeah. you know, to source them. And they're them. pages long. Oh, and I'm reading these things like, and I, I'm not questioning them, but I'm thinking, why would I ever need that? So I like, I, I like the idea of kind of taking it backward and saying, talking through it, like communicating in what scenario would I need this or should I do that? I've asked you, Jill, to come up with three things we can do right now and 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 this speaks to i think your approach to to family preparedness and i hope it will resonate with the families listening the first thing you say is we can adopt the idea of the rule of threes if i want to right now build my food storage get my home prepared you know fortify my home for whatever's coming this rule of threes comes into play explain this for us
1: yes yeah, so the rule of 3 i I love the simplicity of things. Like if I can think of three, that's simple for me. I don't want to think of it as like, oh my gosh, I have to get three to six months of food storage. That's really overwhelming for Uh me. So I like to do simple, tiny habits that I can implement. So the rule of three is this is like a simplified version, right? But every time I go to the store, I try to buy items in threes. I think about it like this one for today, one for tomorrow and one for the future or a friend, right? Because we're sometimes asked to like bring dinners to a friend or something. And it's nice to know that you have those on hand. And like I said, the reason of three is just it keeps it really simple for me. Hmm. And what I've been noticing, like even last night, we had pancakes for dinner, pancakes and eggs and bacon. My favorite and, dinner, <laughs> breakfast for dinner. <laughs> Happens it our house at least once a week. <laughs> yeah, and my kids were like, mom, we're all out of, uh, it was my turn to have pancakes, right? He's like, we're all out of syrup, mom. And I'm like, oh no, we have syrup. So I had extra syrup on the shelf, extra syrup down to my food storage. And it felt so good. And that's the feeling that I love knowing that it doesn't need to be complicated, that it's just, when you go to the store, if you're thinking about making a meal, try and buy a few extras of that meal. Or say you have that meal at home and you go to the store, maybe buy two. The thing that goes along with this is when I'm at the store, like I use this rule of three in every aspect of those things of being prepared. So when I go to the store, I buy, because I have cases of water at home, I buy two extra cases of water. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I need this water barrel and all these jugs.
0: Well, a couple of things jump out to me about that approach and what I'll call that brilliant guideline. One, monetarily, that's doable too. Like I think a lot of families look at food stores and think, I'm living month to month here the budget is already Not in tight. My budget. There's, yeah, there's no way I can expand to 6 months worth of storage, but I can buy 3 boxes of mac and cheese or I can buy three And and that's another point I want to ask you about. You, you you invest in food your family actually eats, right? That is where I when I think about this whole thing and I like I really look back
1: at these different experiences. They each taught me things I could change and be better at. And I realized in this scenario, like when I was living through these different scenarios, I am not going to want to feed my kids something they've never had. Mm-hmm. You when things aren't normal, you want them to feel as normal as possible and easy for you to do, right? So say they're like I like I said, I play out the scenario. If there is an earthquake, if I'm having to check my water, check like different cracks in the home, or turn things off, I'm gonna want to be able to make a meal that I know my kids will eat and is quick and easy to do. Mm-hmm. So and then my family could actually help make if I needed them to.
0: The other point about the rule of threes that you touched on, and I and I didn't mean to summarize your your family story oh, so quickly great. or in such a lighthearted way, but one aspect of it, and you'll see this if you review the Meredith family on season one of, of BYU TV's family rules, but you were put in a position not just to care for your own family and to draw upon resources for those in your own home, but because your neighborhood was ravaged by that fire and that resulting mudslide, you were put in a position to help other people. And I have to imagine when you talked about that third item being for those around you or friends or neighbors, that's a different sense of security, right? That we can help take care of those around us too.
1: Yeah. I mean, it kind of brings tears to my eyes because— um that is, I think that's what it's all about, is that is what preparedness is. It isn't this scary thing. It's setting your family up for success. I mean, I think about it every time. I'm like, OK, I spend money on dance class, and football, on all piano lessons, or whatever it may be. But I realized going through these things again, and these experiences, that I wasn't necessarily setting them up for success for the preparedness aspect, for the unknown future. And so when you think about it that way and you try to incorporate these simple habits, these simple, the rule of three, we go to the grocery store all the time. Could you grab an extra meal? Could you grab it, you know, three of them? Yes. And depending on what your budget is, right? How quickly or whatever you want to do. Sure. But maybe I could, I'm setting up my meals. Maybe I could afford to spend 20 extra dollars. Right.
0: Right. right? That's within grasp.
1: And then you'll just see it grow and expand and it brings you so much peace. And and that's that's why I love the rule of 3. It's simple, it's easy and you make it a part of your everyday.
0: We touched on the communication, how you like to work backward through these scenarios and you have young kids on the ground. I'm thinking Ames was 4 when we when we yeah. recorded. Is he still 4? Did we have a happy birthday Ames? <laughs> No, that he's four and he's, he's wild. <laughs> <laughs> so kids ages four to stretching into the early teens. I think Tanner was thirteen when we, fourteen. Okay, when we yep. met, when we first met you. But you're you're having to break down this communication for young minds and for young ears. How else are you practicing those conversations that ultimately leave your kids feeling safe, secure, and prepared?
1: Um, well, I think it's important too, especially if you're really just starting into this, to really sit down and have like a family meeting of, let's talk about these different scenarios. Like I would start with, for example, some questions I would sit down and say would be, uh, what do What do you do in an emergency? Um, what do you do if mom and dad aren't home? Many times my husband and I go here, go there, right? Sure. And someone's babysitting. Um, you walk through those different steps or scenarios. You practice phone numbers, meeting places, you could identify your emergency or out of state contacts. Like that is a lot of information. And the way I like to think about this is, which I think I told Natalie, is yes. I like to have 100 one minute conversations rather than one 100-minute conversation.
0: Natalie is my co-host on Family Rules. She spent some time with your family, and yep. she brought that back. She mentioned it several times. Yep. So 101-minute conversations as opposed to one big, chunky, overwhelming conversation.
1: Yes, and the way I like to do this is if my kids are going to dance, I say, Haven, hey, because I put her in that situation. I know she's going to dance or tumbling. I say, Haven, hey, what is mommy's phone number? Simple conversation. Haven, hey what do you do if mom's not right there? When mom, when I get, when if I don't pull up right at that right time, right? We've yeah, all been there. Yeah, yeah. At least I have
0: several times. Yeah, no, I'm with you, sister. Huh? Yeah, or, I'm right or, behind
1: you in that pickup yeah. line. Or it's like a conversation. Hey, Beckham, Brighton, what do you do if uh there's an emergency at school and I need to pick you up? Where's our meeting place? And maybe as you're dropping them off, you have that simple, hey, there's our flagpole or whatever it may be. yeah. Where's our meeting place? And what do you do? What do you have with you? And it's just playing those scenarios, but then having those simple conversations along with your day, making it a part of your everyday. I think like to see my kids when you're having those conversations, it brings them so much peace Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. because they know that we have a plan. Well, that's yeah. That's not just that's not just taking the overwhelm out for me. I think that's taking the overwhelm out for them too. Like I have a five year old who's a thinker, and she that sometimes translates to a worrier. And so as I run these scenarios, like you know whether it's that tricky person at the park or you know (laughs) as you're trying to prepare their little minds, she absorbs more than I think she does. And if I were to throw some big earthquake or fire scenario at her, she wouldn't sleep for three days, right? I mean, so you have to break it down, and this this does that for the kids, but also for the parent to be able. say that drive to school can mean something I can make those minutes matter
1: yeah I that is like my favorite way to think about it that's the way I think we need to start doing things we do things beforehand right that's how we set our family up for success every day so why not implement those things that are going to be crucial if something does happen or did happen and that's why I that's why I like to think of it that way
0: On the daily, you're also trying to replicate the normal. You're going to have to explain this to me. As another actionable parents can do to get prepared, replicate the normal. What does this look like? Yeah.
1: So replicating my normal would be like the rule of three, right? Having the conversation, I'm replicating that. But I am talking about like packing your essentials with you every day and everywhere you go. So by before I think like preparedness, when you think about preparedness right now, you're like, oh, I just buy the kit right?
0: But then we or have toilet to use, paper
1: or toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like get into this kit that you're not used to or right. you're stuck or stranded. And right now I feel like maybe 56 years ago, we were in the home a lot more, mm. right? So when a disaster hit, we may be at home. Now we're on the go. Good so point. replicating your normal in the locations you are. So Brooke, if you're at work, how mm-hmm. would you replicate your normal? How and. Would you would like to have things not a store bought thing? You would like to have what you love, what you need, and use throughout the day as far then, as
0: food, warmth, whatever yes, it is food, okay.
1: clothing. Yep, your essentials, all of those things that you want to have with you in case of an emergency, in case of you know you're hungry or whatever right. it is, right? To replicate the places you are. So, see, where this, your kids and are. this is
0: this is always been a big ba- brain bender for me, too. Is again, you look at those big, long lists. I often think in some ways they sometimes they sometimes feel outdated and i'm not questioning yeah. you know the sound advice from experts in their respective fields but you th- you're right life has changed life isn't the, cha- the same in 2021 as it was in 1980 or 1990 when some of these systems were first invented so i love this idea so replicating the normal wherever we are yes yeah, so where we're spouses wherever they go like and
1: i think for me i've had i swear i've had the four disasters and I've had several times where like, there's some most random things. If Beckham, he was a kindergartner and I had, Tanner was a first or second grader. I can't remember, second grader. First day, he rides the bus and Tanner gets off the bus and I'm like, where's Beckham? Hmm. Wasn't on the bus. And so I'm quickly calling. I'm like, did he get off a different, is he on a different uh, bus? Did he get off, did it stop? Yeah. And yeah. those experiences, like again, I said that there are things that I, was like I want to make sure that my kids have what they need and use um, in those different situations. Like, so what does that look like? Like phone numbers or extra food. I've had my kids where the buses broke down and they were starving. So I started figuring out that oh my gosh, I need to pack food, extra water, light stick, some you know activity to keep them busy. And this is in their everyday backpack. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. So our city where I live, the school has asked us to pack um, like different supplies with us. And then a lot of information on a sheet of like who can pick up your child in case this situation, what siblings, you know, Uh are in the school, what teachers they have. So my
0: experiences, I like to replicate their normal in wherever they are. Well, did I hear you say a card game or some busy activity? Yes. I mean, if, my, if yes. my five-year-old is stuck at kindergarten, she's yep. going to need something to do. That's just practical thinking, right? Like spot it. What uh-huh. Little
1: kids love spot it, but they could sit there. So in a situation that, say there was a lockdown, say there was a bus that broke down, or say they want to go to a friend's house after school and you weren't expecting it or something mm-hmm. came up. They would have that game, but it's replicating their normal. Again, it's things they're used to, things they would love to do, and keeping things as normal as possible. Jill,
0: I kind of love when things just make sense. And this just <laughs> makes sense. Like, it just speaks to my practical, functioning mom brain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's functioning more than other other days, but you get what I'm saying here. Your personal experience, this personal philosophy ultimately led to a professional business, a company. I want you to tell me about Blueprints Project.
1: Um, Blueprints project, um, the idea came from all these experiences. And I kind of had to rethink when I was rethinking and debunking things in my brain of how I needed to change things, I realized that I wanted things to be simple. They needed to be organized. Um, the reason the big thing about organization, you know, we think about the 72 hour kits, they just sit on the wall and you you never think about them until right. you have to use them. This came from understanding that when uh, you're needing to use these things, you want it to be as organized as possible. You don't want to be searching through things. I took a CERT training class. Have you heard of CERT before? I have I think we've maybe spoken about it. I, tell, I can't tell remember. Tell me more, though. So CERT um, came about, um, I think, in the '80s when there was this a was big C E R T. Ma- yep, CERT okay. training. Okay. And. I just looked into it. My dad is kind of a politician and, you know, a local leader. And I kind of looked, started looking into different things um, that I could do for my community. And I was really intrigued by how does our community deal with preparedness? How does that all function? So they have a thing called CERT training. And I took this whole long course. And through that, it gave me a lot of insight to how things work and how to better train you know, our community, but Mm -hmm. then I took it as how can I train and use this in my own family? Mm. So with all of these things that we went through, Blueprints project was born. I needed to keep it simple. I wanted things to be organized and I wanted like a fresh, modern way to be prepared. So I started creating products that fall like right into our everyday.
0: And again, this is going to be tricky to describe for, for yeah. a listener because when you see it, I think it speaks immediately to your mom brain. Yeah. It, there's a file system. There's a, there's a paper yep. system. Talk, talk me through that portion of it. So
1: the paper system just came up from like the different papers. We have like a 96-hour kit. Um, we have a form that, you know, again, it's just I I've, I've really wanted to rethink how we do things and what is most practical for our day. Uh-huh. For your day, for my day, right, and you need to be able to be it, to be customizable. So, I went on and I created forms for your ninety-six hour kits that you get to go in and customize, but that really caters to the individual person um, and family because something that happens during a disaster when I was in CERT training, it's all chaotic, it's all crazy. You want to be able to have that
0: identification and like, again, make things as normal as possible. Right. Well, through watching your family's story, everybody in the studio, I can tell you, and I almost guarantee everyone at home was doing that scenario hamster wheel in our heads, like, what would I do? And you can see how the brain would easily become scrambled eggs, speaking of breakfast for dinner. I mean, your brain would just be mush. So to have (laughs) that right in front of you, organized, aesthetically laid out in a pleasing way, what other products have you developed as part of the Blueprints project?
1: Um, So currently we have a... It's kind of like a Mary Poppins bag. Oh, I need
0: this.
1: (laughs) Mary Poppins has everything you could possibly need, right? But our bag is like the modern, fresh approach to it. So it's simple. It's organized. It makes it so um, you can roll out or fold up, and it literally keeps all of your things organized, but you can see it. Like what's inside? Uh, you replicate your normal. So you replicate your everyday. So you would pack your like key things, which would be your food and essentials, first aid and medical, your emergency essentials, and then, um, like your everyday things. Okay. So you kind of take down your day of those key things, those four key topics. Mm -hmm. And then at the top, this is where, the blueprints came about because blueprints are like an architecture blueprint is laid out and everybody knows what the plan is right and so there's a blueprint attached at the top and it lists all the items that you need or in in your case um or in my case i should say like if i have a nanny or uh someone watching my kids yeah i would write dosages of hey haven gets medicine to ibuprofen. And this is the date that it's expired and she can see exactly
0: where it's located. I'm thinking of my little buddy who just got glasses at two years old and we're constantly carrying around those alcohol wipes to to keep it. I mean, these are simple, basic needs, but in an emergency, those needs don't go away. Yes. Yep. So our first product is
1: like for the mom or for the busy families that are on the go, which I think we all are. We're all on the go. So you keeps everything organized and that critical information, like your family code question, who's in your family? Emergency context. So in case of an emergency, they would be able to contact those specific people. Or in my case, I had a situation, my son broke his arm and they couldn't they couldn't find my phone number. They I didn't have anything with me. And
0: now it's like you don't have to worry because it's packed and ready to go. It's all there. Give me the Mary Poppins bag. Yeah. What's been the feedback, Jill, to not only the Blueprints project and the products that you're producing to help moms out there kind of get a grip on this idea of home preparedness, but also as you share your story, what's the feedback from your philosophy that you get from other families and other moms?
1: Um, That it's doable. Yeah. That it's doable and it's... um, uh, We had a situation, somebody emailed us last week saying... You know those stocking. What are those like the stocking holders? Yeah, we had a customer. She, you know, replicated her normal. She packed all the suggested items, which our products all come with exactly items suggested to pack. So it's like like a packing list. Yes, a packing list. Yeah, she packed it all, and she reached out to us because one of the hold, like the stocking holders, landed in this daughter's eye. Oh, and they had to rush her to the emergency. Of course, you don't think to grab anything, right. but she had her blueprint. So she, in that situation, it was like we knew we had activities, we had all of the different things that that made it easy for us to,
0: you know, handle the situation. Spend at hand. a day in the emergency room—an unexpected yeah. emergency <laughs> that landed in their eye, in their lap. Yeah, was she okay? Yes. Like they had the best eye
1: doctor in the emergency at that time. It was just like all of these amazing, you know, things that happened um right at that right well, time.
0: Again, I'm going to my mom brain and I'm thinking of just going up to the pediatrician's check-in desk for a, for a basic well check, I'm fumbling, I'm bumbling, I'm paging, perusing through my wallet, trying to find that insurance card or trying to, I mean, it just makes sense to streamline, to simplify. And ultimately you mentioned this word earlier and it kind of hung up in my brain, but it's peace we're after, right? It's security, but ultimately it's peace. Do you feel that in your home even after all you've been through? Yeah. I, I think because any step forward
1: brings you peace, Mm -hmm. right? It's, and I think everything is done by a simple and small step forward. It, I think before I used to think, oh, I have to get all the way prepared. They told me I need to get a year's supply of food. Yeah. That's really overwhelming. But the greatest things that are done in our homes is those simple and small steps.
0: Which but implementing us- that habit. You've given us three small and simple steps that I think it, it, the beauty in it is we can do it right now. The rule of three, striking up those 100 one-minute conversations and looking at ways we can replicate our normal in our everyday lives. Where can we get more information about the Blueprints Project? So we, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook,
1: um, or our website is www.blueprintsproject.com. And we have some really exciting things. Um, I think the next step is... Our first products is like we want to make sure that we cover our everyday and it's super simple for everybody. And the next step is a big family binder, family plan of like a 12 step, you could do it in 12 weeks, you could do it in 12 months, but breaks it down. And I think the biggest thing for us with Blueprints Project is we understand how important it is to incorporate our family. We like that is why I think you saw in our video. we gave each of our kids roles. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we gave them roles is because of that CERT training. When you take CERT training um, and you have those, uh, say there was an, a disaster or mm-hmm. a child missing, they whoever is first to the uh, scene, they have specific roles. And then you fall underneath that and it runs so much more smoothly.
0: Well, and it was amazing to see on on the on the feature because we we replicated an emergency situation, a drill for your yeah. family, and every one of your children from the 14-year-old down to the 4-year-old knew their job, knew their task. It was like clockwork. You were able to load your car I think in less than 4 minutes with everything you <laughs> needed and everyone was on task. Everyone had their job. It was really yeah. impressive to see.
1: Yeah, those roles I think are key um because when a disaster happens, it's like wild bees, right? I mean, like bees that are just (laughs) fluttering around and we're all kind of panicking. But I remember, and I think this is what changed my mind after the second, the earthquake in April last year. Uh uh Before, like after that first one, the year prior from Bluffdale, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember my CERT training. It told me to give everybody roles because when people go into shock or there's an experience we get like all crazy. So it's really important to give each person a role so that it keeps their mind active Mm. and going forward and all kind of accomplishing one goal, which I think is huge because if you don't have the conversations or you don't give them a role, it's a lot more work for one or more people. And stress. Yes. Yeah. So that is why we gave that, you know, we have our, one of our kids as the gatherer or the project manager that's over the family binder and checklist, you know, I don't know. I love the idea of the roles because as a me with mother for five kids, it is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And I think many hands make light work.
0: Yes. Yep. Yes. Jill, I could chat with you for hours. In fact, I almost just did for at least an hour. So I'm gonna take you up on that lunch one time. I would just love to be your, your girlfriend and just just hang with you. You have a light about you, you have a peace about you. And I think what's beautiful is I, I hate all that you I'm I hate all that you had to go through to get to this place. But the fact that you're taking those experiences and making the rest of us better and stronger and, and, and able to feel more peace because of it is truly a gift. So thank you so much. No, thank you. Oh That felt like a breath of fresh air, didn't it? Bringing new life and new light to the topic of family preparedness and emergency preparedness. A big thanks to Jill Meredith for not only sharing her expert tips, but also getting personal and cracking open her family's experience with emergencies and preparedness and helping us learn and strengthen our families because of it. We'd invite you to subscribe to this podcast if you found this conversation helpful. You can also rate and review the conversations we're having. We take that feedback to heart and are always striving to improve. I'm your host, Brooke Walker. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next time. Family Rules, the podcast, is a production of BYU Broadcasting.